Welcome to Imprint Church Podcast, the platform where we bring you sermons and discussions to equip you in your walk with God. Grab a notebook and pen or open your notes app and take a listen to today's episode. In this episode, Charmaine speaks about the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. If you open our Bible, see, sorry, Romans chapter 8. There is power in the Spirit. And actually, we're meant to live our life by the Spirit. Because we notice, even in the life of Peter, when he started living his life through the Spirit and by the Spirit, there was a complete transformation. And that's the thing with us. God is not only wanting to encounter us so that we keep living the same way, but he encounters us and changes us so we can live by the power of his Spirit. Not that we should stay bound to the same things that we were bound before. Not that we should live in the same way that we should. And so we're going to go through Romans 8 tonight. Right. The title even says life through the spirit. (laughs) Right. That's the first part. (laughs) Life through the spirit. Verse 1 said, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set, you, um, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Right? Let's just start there. It says that there is no more condemnation to those who are in Christ. Because, Why? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. You know, in other parts of the Bible, we read that where where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of freedom. He brings freedom. When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, He brings freedom. He brings transformation. It says there's no more condemnation. He said you're set free from the law of sin and death. That means that our lives should no longer be governed by sin. Our lives are no longer controlled by sin or even by death. You know, some people live out their lives in fear of death. Right? In fear of death. A lot of fears and phobias are rooted in the fear of death. You know, some people have like social phobias because they believe that if they're going past, they go outside. Some people feel like they'll catch germs and all of these different things and they don't want to die. If you actually examine it, a lot of fears are rooted in the fear of death. But it says we've been set free. We've been set free from the law of sin and death. It says for what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness required of the, the righteousness requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. How are we meant to live, guys? 
right? We're meant to live according to the Spirit. We're meant to live according to the Spirit. We're meant to live according to the Spirit. You know, Christ died for us. He became sin. He did not commit any sin. Jesus did not even steal meat from his mother's pot. (laughs) Right? Because he had no sin. Right? But he became sin. He took our sins because he knew that in of ourselves we could not do it. We cannot get right in ourselves. And so even some of us, maybe you're stuck in a, you know, in a habit of sin and you're trying to get it to fix up yourself. You're trying to get out of it by yourself in, your, in the flesh. But in the beginning anyway, it says we could never do it. That's why Jesus had to come. We could never be righteous in and of ourselves but Jesus came he took our sin he died for us he went to hell for us and then he conquered sin and death on our behalf so that we no longer have to be governed by it but live in the spirit And so if we're meant to live according to the Spirit, that means we get free according to the Spirit. Right? How you get free is through the Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to set you free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according with the Spirit have set their mind on what the Spirit desires. Where's your focus? Where's your mind set on? See, I realized, like I was telling you earlier, um, sharing about how I was last week, and when I looked at it, my mind was not set on the things of the Spirit. I was not seeing things from God's perspective. I was seeing things, right, in the flesh. I was seeing things how it looked in the natural. But actually, as Christians, do you realize that we are meant to live by faith, by seeing the things that are not sin? Jesus was so harsh to the disciples. You know, I love sharing this story about when they were in the they were in a storm right and these waves were they were about to die jesus was sleeping jesus was fast asleep and then when he woke up what did jesus say he first of all spoke to the wind and then he rebuked them and said all ye of little faith but actually if we look at it from a logical natural perspective them crying they're going to die is a very natural reaction and it's a very rational reaction but somehow god condemns them like as in uh god convicts them for that he rebukes them for their unbelief he rebukes them for their lack of faith and so what 
when we have our minds set on the things of the flesh, we would do everything to appease our desires, right? Someone said this, when you're, have you ever been so focused and not wanting to do something? I don't want to do this. Or have you ever told a child, especially, don't do this, don't touch this, don't touch this. Now the fact that you said don't touch it, they want to do it even more. They want to touch it. Why? Because you've made them conscious of that. Right, the moment we become conscious of something, we become curious about it, and we're more likely wanting to do that. Right, if someone probably, for some people, I don't know if you grew up, if you grew up not knowing about monsters, that monsters are scary, you probably didn't grow up having nightmares about monsters, right? But some ch children from a very young age, because they're made conscious that these monsters, monsters, they'll wake up every middle of the night and crying that they can see monsters. Why? Because they've been made conscious of that so that you begin to see it. The human, this is one thing that sets us apart uh, from the animal kingdom. Our imagination is so strong that sometimes the moment we become conscious about something, it's there. You know, some people define fear as false evidences appearing real, right? Have you ever been so afraid of something that even though it's not there, you start seeing it. Or because you're so conscious of one way of thinking, that even when someone doesn't, you know, let's say Taiwa today thought I hated her. I could have just walked past and accidentally stepped on her toe. But because she thinks I hate her, maybe I was not looking where I was going. She'd be like, see, I told you Charmaine is <laughs> like me. Right, this just reinforces it. But actually, if you're probably to look at it from a different perspective, that's not what happened. Charmaine was just not looking where she was going. And this is what happens when we set our minds on the things of the flesh. The flesh becomes more apparent. When we're sin conscious, right? When you're so worried about not sinning, you're more likely going to fall into sin. Because that's what you're conscious about. You have more faith in the power of sin and death than you have in the power of Christ itself. And that's what sometimes happens. And for me, one of the things that God was making me realize is that you've exalted fear in certain areas of your life more than you have seen my power, more than you have seen what I can do in your life. But because you're so conscious of those things that you stop seeing things from God's perspective. And so tonight, the Lord is challenging us to move away from living our lives according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. To no longer set our eyes on the things of the flesh. Because let me tell you something, when you set your things up of the flesh, there's so much to see. There is so much that you can worry about. There is so much that can get you down. There is so much that can get you depressed. But actually, what happens when we start to set our, thing, our eyes on the things of the spirit, right? In the midst of the storm, what we see is the, an opportunity for God to come and move and show his power. When we see, you know, when we see Jesus, when he saw the multitudes that were hungry, right? His disciples, when Jesus said, let's feed them, they were like, there's not enough money. In fact, there's not even enough bread in the next town to feed all of these people. But Jesus was seeing a different way. He was seeing things according to the Spirit. And he was seeing the Lord that provides. 
That's what he was seeing. He was seeing the God of abundance. He was seeing the God of miracles. Right? That in that moment when they were seeing in the flesh and what they saw is lack. What they saw was that this is impossible. Jesus saw that this is an opportunity for God to show his glory, for God to show his mercy. They were both in the same situation. But one had a different lens and there was a different outcome. And so this is what happens when we set our minds on the things of the spirit. It's not that troubles won't come. <laughs> it's not that things won't go wrong. But in the midst of it, we will look to the spirit to say, actually, God, what are you doing in this situation? What are you saying in the midst of this storm? What is it that you're trying to do with me right here? And then what happens is that you could be in the middle of the worst times of your life, but you're smiling. <laughs> you're walking through it with joy. You know, when we read later, we see that Paul, he says, I count all of these things. Like he sees, he, he's looking forward to the glory that whatever troubles he's facing, he's not faced by it. He's not depressed. He's not down by it because he's seeing things from a higher perspective. He's seeing things from the Spirit's perspective. And I'm telling you that we will be limited. We will continue to be limited as Christians on how much God can use, use us or even how much God can do in our lives if we continue to see things from the flesh only. Because when we're seeing things even from the flesh, Usually we just think about ourselves as well. We think about ourselves, our desires. <sighs> but sometimes you then realize, but sometimes what the Spirit is doing is much bigger than us. What God is wanting to do is much bigger than us. Right? Imagine if Paul so being sent to prison as a disadvantage on him. Right, he's thinking, God, like, my ministry is booming. <laughs> like, what's up? Right? If he just saw things for himself, he wouldn't have gone to Jerusalem. <laughs> he said, Lord, I must stay right here in Asia. <laughs> you know, I'm good here. You know, we built a 5,000 member congregation church. <laughs> yeah, I must stay here for a while. God, things are going well here. Right? And I, I don't think prison is not for me. <laughs> like, prison is not for me. He would not have seen what God was trying to do. But because he saw things from the Spirit, he saw that actually God is wanting to reach the Gentiles, that God is wanting to do more, <laughs> that God is wanting to do more, even through this situation, that he was willing to put himself in a place of discomfort he put himself guys just imagine Paul actually walked into Jerusalem knowing he was going to prison how many of us today if God was telling you that well, if you go and do that you are ending up in prison but when our perspective is one of the spirit 
People walk into that situation with joy and boldness. Why? Because you are seeing the bigger picture. You are seeing the greatness that God wants to do. You're seeing the opportunity that God is creating for his glory to be shown. And so this is why we set our minds on the things of the spirit. <laughs> it says, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Some of us will lack peace. Or you're feeling like, God, I'm just going through the motions. That, God, it seems like, life, there's not really much hope or there's, you're down. But actually he says that the life governed by the spirit is life and peace. There is the life and peace that comes by us living our lives governed by the spirit, led by the spirit. It says the mind governed by flesh is death. It is death. You know, today, again, I was studying on the story, the difference between David and Saul. Saul, what, like, the downfall of Saul came after he was given an instruction to go and kill the Amalekites, I think. Yeah. And the instruction of the Lord, the instruction of the Spirit, was to kill everyone and everything that was living. Everyone and everything. But Saul was governed by the flesh. He wanted to please the man. He wanted to please the people. He was not living for God. No, he did almost all of the instructions. Almost all of it. He killed everyone except for the king and he took the best animals. And in fact, he even tried to say, God, we'll use them as sacrifices. But that's not what the spirit was doing. And because of being led by his own desires, it led to his death. I think some people say that even how he, um, I think even how he died was as a result of that king that he left, that he should have killed. But David was even in a worse situation. <laughs> you know, this was during a time where David only had few people that were with him. And they tried to go and fight, I think, with the Philistines uh, or to join together with them. Then when they came back in the city where they had left, these men, and obviously David, had left their children and their wives. They came back and they'd been kidnapped. And everything had been taken. And his men were angry. <laughs> Some of them, I think, even wanted to kill David. And they were just ready, let's go get our women, probably. Right, I need to go and get my wife. I need to get my kids. But do you know what David did? David was not quick to just respond in his own desires, in even what made sense. But David went to pray. 
you went to receive counsel from God. He inquired of the Spirit. He inquired of the Lord on what to do. How many of us are making decisions based on what we feel is right? Based on what we feel is the best decision for me? How many of us are just going into things because actually this is what I want to do or this is what is best for me or actually my parents told me to do this so I'm going to do it. My lecturer is telling me to do this so I'm going to do it. But what is the Lord saying? What is the Lord saying? Because it says that The mind governed by the spirit is life and death. Sorry, it's life and peace. When we're governed by the spirit, there is life in it. There is grace. There is strength. When the spirit is the one leading your life, there is joy. And I can testify of this. Guys, I didn't want to come to Leicester. <laughs> I don't know about many of you, but I did not want to come to Leicester. In sixth form, I was like, God, especially DMU. <laughs> I said, never, it can never be me. I remember praying and I felt God saying, you need to apply to DMU. I said, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. I had one uni I wanted to go to. I wanted to go to Southampton. I don't even know much about the place, but I just loved that it was near the seaside and it seemed like a good uni back then. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to go to Southampton. And thank God, you know, God in his mercy, that was the only option I got rejected out of. <laughs> right? So God was like, okay, now, even your first option, I am going to be gracious towards you <laughs> and even take away your number one option. So I was like, okay, fine, Lord, I'll go. Right, it's the uni I didn't want to go to. First of all, the ranking was so low. <laughs> Second of all, around that time, DMU was like sin city, right? I was like, Lord, how am I going to go there and enjoy myself? <sighs> when I don't, I don't like to party, I don't like all of this. Where are my Christian friends going to come from? Right, I'm like, God, I love you, Jesus. I want to serve you well, right? Leicester's not that place for me. But actually, the inclination and the desire to come to Leicester grew. And the clarity began to come more and more. I'd, my mom had worked in Leicester for years, but I think I'd only been in Leicester once. <laughs> but even then. And then I remember I came to uni and I just felt the moment I entered this city, it's like, there was so much peace. I felt alive. I felt joy, right? And ever since, that's how I felt. Whenever I come into Leicester, there is just a joy and a peace that comes upon me. And this is how good and faithful God is, right? 
God didn't even give me the full picture of why he was sending me to Leicester. Because if he did, I'd probably searched up a lot of the things that he, I ended up doing and they wouldn't have existed. So God was like, I'm not gonna give you much details. And I remember I went into my accommodation the first day and I met this girl, my next door neighbor. We just said hi and bye and said hi to her parents and left and went by, it was passing. And I forgot about it. I made other friends. And then like three weeks in, I must have met her downstairs. Like, oh my God, I'm so glad I met you. My parents have been bugging me. Why have I, not, that have I spoken to you? I said, okay, that's a bit weird. I just said hi to your friends. It's like, my mom has been saying that I need to become friends with you. I was like, okay. So we became friends. It's a good, yeah, we became friends. And actually she was the one that brought me to imprint. She was the one that brought me to imprint. And do you know what the amazing thing is? She only lived in that accommodation for first year, only. She was not meant to come to Leicester too. But God has a way of setting you on the right path when you follow him. The instructions will not make sense sometimes. It might not look like the desirable thing to do. It might not even look like the best thing for you in the natural, but it's the best thing for you in the spirit. And do you know what guys now say, coming to Leicester was the best decision I've ever made. Because I've met family here, I've made friends. I got to be a part of this amazing church. And even in terms of work and my career, I ended up being a part of this amazing project that has opened so many other doors for me I would not have known those things and do you know what the funny thing is when I was making my decisions none of those things existed the project I worked on did not exist this church did not exist so if I was being led by the flesh if I was being led by the flesh I would not have seen any of it I would not have known any of it And so this is why we have to live our life by the Spirit. You know, there's a verse I'm looking for. I'll, I'll jump to verse 12 just to round up because of time. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by him by him the spirit we cry abba father the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of god now if we are children then we are heads heads of god and co-heads with christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory.
That's when Paul says, I consider that our, prov- our present sufferings are not worthy comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The Bible makes it very clear. This is not me saying this. When we live according to our flesh, it leads to death. And Jesus did not die for us so that we can be led to death. No. He conquered death like we were singing. He conquered the grave. And you see, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. That's why this choice, because Paul is not speaking to unsaved people here. He's speaking to believers, right? We have a choice. God is not going to force himself on you. God is not going to force himself for you to walk according to the Spirit. That's not the nature of God. That's not the character of God. That's not the character of the Holy Spirit either. He's a perfect gentleman. The same way you chose to give your life to Christ is the same way you choose to live your life by the Spirit. It's a choice we have to make daily. It is the decision we have to make daily. And so actually this morning, I choose to live by your Spirit, Lord. And what are some of the practical ways that we can actually start to live by the Spirit? First of all, it's how many of you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you? Right? When we're saved, the Spirit lives in us. He never, He's with us right now. He's in us. He's in us. He's with us. But the measure to which He's ruling our lives or he's in control of our lives or he's leading our lives is determined by us so you have to determine how much of god or how much of the spirit is going to lead your life you have to determine whether you're led by the flesh or led by the spirit you determine whether you set your mind on the things of the flesh or the spirit you make those decisions And it's simply by surrendering to him, by inviting him. Because when you invite him, he comes. When you ask him for direction, he gives it to us. It says we are sons of God. He's the one, if you're struggling in your identity, if you're struggling in your understanding that you're loved by God, go to the Holy Spirit. Ask him to reveal it to you. He's the one that helps us know that in the first place. We cannot do this Christian walk without the Spirit. We cannot sideline him. He is, he has to be our senior partner. He has to be the one leading the way. And there is benefit in that. It says he's not putting us into slavery. You know, according to the world, you saying that I'm going to let God lead my life. It sounds like slavery. It sounds like bondage. But actually, it is life. 
There is freedom in letting God lead our lives, in being led by the Spirit, in being directed by the Spirit. So tonight, I'm here to encourage you. I've seen it. I've seen the power of being led by the Spirit. And actually, this is something I'm like, God, I want you to take control over every area of my life where I have forgotten to put you first. Lord, I surrender again. Forgive me and I surrender again because I've seen what happens when I try to take control and lead my life. You know, someone said something so beautiful at the conference. It says, you know, the world is saying you write your own story. And that in itself is so scary because what happens when you mess it up? If you're writing your own story, I don't, I, you don't need to be a genius to understand that you mess it up. You will mess it up, right? But actually, when we come into Christ, we can surrender the pen to God and say, you write my story. And you don't have to fear, <laughs> you don't have to fear messing it up because he is all-knowing, he is perfect. He says he has a good plan for you. He has a good future for you. And he can write the perfect story for you. He can write the perfect path for you. And that's not to say that the path of God is not free. It's free of, you know, uh, of obstacles or things. But even those things that come in the way, they're only there to make us stronger. And none of those things can separate us from the love of God. But we actually realize that actually when we go through the tests and the trials, it just helps us to stand even stronger in Him. And when we have our minds set on the Spirit, that means that even when you go through difficult times, it's like, oh wow, this is another opportunity for God to show me another aspect of His character. For Him to reveal to me another aspect of His glory, of His power, of His goodness. This is a chance for God to, you know, use in my life where people thought it's over. Where when they look at me, they look at me and say, ah, it's done for him. It's done for her. Look at where she's at. But then God comes in and then he lifts you up and right in front of their eyes, he transforms your life. You know, it's like the woman with the alabaster um, uh, box, she came they looked at her. They were scorning her. They were like, Jesus, are you not going to stop her? She's being wasteful. They were looking at her in disgrace. They were shaming her. They saw her as being foolish. But do you know what Jesus comes and does and said, this thing she has done, it will be remembered for the rest of her life. She's now an example to so many others. And so church, we need to live our lives by the spirit i don't know about you but that's a decision that i've made i'm like god i want to be fully in fully led by you that not just parts of my life not just the church aspect of my life being led by you but every path every part of my life i want to be directed by you because lord when i take control it leads to death it leads to nothing. It leads to disappointment. It leads to destruction. 
It leads to unsatisfaction. But actually when God is the one who's in control, it doesn't matter how foolish it looks. Because it says he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. It says that the wisdom of God is foolish to some people. It's foolish to the natural man. So what is it that God is directing you to do? What is it that the Spirit of God is leading you to do? What is it that the Spirit of God is emphasizing for you in this season? Is it that he's saying, actually, for this season, I want you to spend more time with me. That I need you to be selfish with your time and spend time with me. Or is this, or is this saying, actually, take this decision. Go this way. And maybe your parents, your friends, they're saying, now that's a foolish idea. What is it that the Spirit is saying? What is it that the Spirit is doing in this season? Because I promise you, friends, you see, the Word of God is truth. How many of you believe that? that? We believe that the Word of God is truth. And so if the Word of God is truth, when we're led by the Spirit, it leads to life and peace. It leads to life and peace. It leads to life and peace. So tonight, I want us to cry out. For first of all, a fresh infilling of the Spirit. Jesus told the disciples that before, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything until you're filled with the Spirit, until you're baptized with the Spirit. <laughs> and you know, sometimes it's not that we've been filled before, but sometimes we need God to fill us again. We need God to remind us again. We need God to touch us afresh. So tonight we want to ask God to touch us afresh. And we want to surrender afresh. I don't know about you, but I'm surrendering afresh tonight. And saying, God, I need you to take control. <laughs> I need you to take over. I need you to come and take control. I need you to take over. Fill me afresh. What areas of your life right now are not going well, are not going right? What are you worried about? What are you concerned about? Hand it over to him. You worrying is not going to add anything. You worrying is not going to change anything. But actually, when we surrender to God, we give those, when we give those situations over to him, we give him the chance to work in the, in the midst of all of those situations. So tonight, let's just cry out to the Spirit. Don't wait for anyone. Don't wait for the music. This is between you and God. And let's just begin to cry out, Lord, will you fill us afresh? Lord, we choose to live our lives not led by the flesh, but by your spirit. 